Hi, everybody. This is Melissa. Hey, it's Jill. And this is Mel and Jill Geek Out. How's it going, Jill? Yeah, good. It's going good. How about you? Good. Good. It's Mel and Jill in the afternoon, so we're going to be a little less crazy than we are when we do Mel and Jill after dark. It was an interesting sh- recording session last night. I was very tired by the end of it, but it started off really well. <laughs> we were we were a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs there for a second. So I've got a question for you. Shoot. What is a quote unquote chick flick that you love that you would not recommend to me? That's a really good question because you are not a chick flick girly. So I no. baseline wouldn't recommend a chick flick to you <laughs> in general. So if I was gonna recommend, I mean, I think like you would like some of the classics like I know you've seen like Pretty Woman or like Clueless. Oh I like Clueless but that to me is not a chick flick but. Yeah that's like chick flick coming of age. Same thing with like She's All That. Yeah. That kind of stuff that was like really popular when we were middle school high school. Of more recent ones I would probably say I really like that Ali Wong one on Netflix Always Be My Maybe. I think you would really like that. I know you're not a big Keanu Reeves person not that he's a bad person you just don't really like his acting choices yes but i do really like ali wong and then there's another one hang on i have to use the google machine so i can remember its name i remember the actors in it does that count for anything okay it's called lovebirds it's with Issa rae and i'm gonna butcher his name i'm sorry kumal ninjani is this the one where like she goes into a coma no that is a totally different movie this is the one where they're a couple and they get together and it's like several years into their relationship and they get into he's a filmmaker and she does something else and they are kind of like breaking up and they're supposed to go to a friend's house and then they unintentionally like get mixed up in this murder mystery and it's hilarious. Oh that sounds good. So I would probably say one of those two is how to be single because I really love Rebel Wilson I think she is hilarious there's just some good thing like it's just a fun female romp and like the girl doesn't end up with a guy at the end of the movie. And I think you would appreciate that. Yeah, I like it when that happens sometimes. I love Issa Rae and I, oh, love I like her so Kamal, much too. She's and great. I just think it would be a really funny, it's a really funny movie. So I think you would enjoy it because it leans more comedy than like chick flick. That worked. That that works for me. I don't do that real hard lean into chick flick. You don't do like super romance. Like I wouldn't, there's definitely some movies I wouldn't recommend to you. Like I would not tell you to watch it after unless we were having a girls night and we made it into like a drinking game. <laughs> after? What's after? Oh my God. So after is an adaptation of a book by this uh, author, Anna Todd. And it is just a kind of a toxic college relationship where mm-hmm. she's she goes to college but she's still with her high school boyfriend but she's really attracted to this guy Harden because he's like a bad boy he's tattoos and has a doesn't give a fuck attitude and she kind of like a little bit cheats on her boyfriend with Harden mm. 
her and a boyfriend break up. She gets together with Harden and it's just, it's all bad. I would not ask you to watch it under any other circumstances other than making it into a drinking game. But the big point here is that the book that it is based off of after is actually a Wattpad Harry Styles fan fiction, which would I consume. I've told you about this before. I did not know any of that backstory until long after I had watched all of the movies and read all of the books because I love I love a good drama like I love it when like the relationship is is challenging and difficult and then there's like some good spice in it too so that's really nice there's also some stuff in that that book like those books definitely have huge trigger warnings alongside of them some very like sketch sketch things happen in those books go in them with a grain of salt what books are these? It's called After. So there's five books. It's After, After We Fell, After We Collided, and After Ever Happy. Yeah, the last title is fucking stupid. And then there's like a prequel book called Before. Okay, interesting. I don't know where that'll fall on my list if it makes it. It's going to fall right off the list. <laughs> You'll probably never, <laughs> You're probably never going to consume it. And that's completely fine. There's things that I'm sure you like that just would never be my cup of tea. I've got some like lots of really good detailed serial killer books. (laughs) Your face. I'm good with serial killer books. I so this is going to call me out a little bit, but I have read multiple books about like BTK because I think BTK is really interesting because he's a nerd just trying to be a cool kid at the serial killer table. But I also am really fascinated by like the rise of fascism during like post-World War One and how the Nazis actually came into power and like the me- mechanisms behind the systematic oppression of Jewish people and in other people during that time frame. So I've read a ton of books about like like the Nuremberg trials and Mengele and other prominent Nazis, mostly for like from a, a morbid fascination of like, how does a society devolve to a point where these people are placed into a position of power? And then how did they deconstruct that? And how did they obviously the German people didn't overthrow the government by any means. There was right. a whole ass war. But I think it's really interesting, like how during the Nuremberg trials, because nothing like that had ever really happened before the arguments that the lawyers were making in those moments. So I just think it's really, really interesting from like an anthropological, Mm -hmm. sociological perspective. And I also have a ton of empathy for all of the atrocities that happened to millions and millions of innocent people. Like that was not that particular subject, but sociology and anthropology were the things that I really particularly enjoyed in college. So I had a lot of stuff like that. So you would probably enjoy quite a bit. It's on my shelf. (laughs) I think you would probably like, I'm not, I don't dislike a mystery. I just, I feel like a lot of mysteries are a little bit of a slower burn than I like. I, I have slowly been switching myself from Goodreads to Storygraph because Goodreads is not going to be supported for forever. They're going to eventually stop supporting it on my Storygraph, like my like niche is that like medium to fast paced book that's between like 300 and 500 pages. 90% of what I read lives in that wedge. I haven't put enough information in there to have any 
sort of data built yet. Fair. But now I need to go back and rack my brain and try to remember all the books that I've read so that I can figure out where I fall. Go through your Kindle list. That was a great... Like, I have a lot of physical books, but I went through like my Kindle list and my audio, my Audible list. Well, for whatever reason, my Audible only goes back to 2019. You definitely listened to it before 2019. Yeah. And and so I don't understand where all my books went. I, I have a ton of them on there. And then I've got... I've got my old, like I've read a bunch of the Game of Thrones books on Apple Books. I don't remember what it was called at the time or what it's called. I think now. it was just called books. books. I have those, a bunch on there, a bunch of Kathy Reich's uh, bo- uh, Bones series on there. But like, I just, they're all, they're kind of all over the place. It's not in one like condensed area. Also, it doesn't tell me when I read it there. Yeah, a lot of my stuff doesn't tell me when I read it. So on Storygraph, like if I remember when I read it, like I was like, I definitely read this like last year or my Goodreads has it. I will put like the year in the finish date. So at least I get some statistical analysis out of it. If not, I just leave it. And then maybe someday I'll go do a big reread of all of the books I've ever read so I can have actual red dates on there. But that seems like it's not a high priority Mm -hmm. to me considering my TBR pile is gigantic. I have a question for you because you'll probably remember. When did I read Book Lovers? That was January or February of 2023. That's what I thought. This year. Yeah. That's what I thought. I guess I bought it in 2022. Yeah, that makes sense because you were, I made, I recommended that to you and then you were reading something else and then you picked it up when you finished whatever you were reading prior. I I think you were still on Wheel of Time. Oh God, yes. I was still trying to get through Wheel of Time and then I stopped and read Spare and then I wanted to read Luckiest Girl Alive because the movie came out and I wanted to finish that. And then I read Book Lovers. That was it. But I was like, I was looking at my bits. I was, I was going to put things into my good, whatever it's called now. Storygraph. Storygraph. And I couldn't, I was like, I know I read this book this year, but it says I bought it last year. So maybe I did read it last year. But you would think that you would be able to see like, I read or listened from this date to this date or whatever. So, I don't know. Maybe. The- I'm sorry. I could try to scroll back into oh. the depths of time i already scrolled our messages and i already searched so don't worry about it we talked about the title and in about a year ago makes sense yeah because that's that's about when i read it was about a year ago Mm. okay yeah i binged all of the emily henry books real fast. I started with Beach Read, though. I think you would also like Beach Read. I think you talked to me about that one. I think the only one that I I don't know, I don't know how you would like people we meet on vacation. I really enjoyed it, but I'm a sucker for a good friends to lovers in Second Chance. I'm a sucker. Yeah, and you made that face when I said that, so I don't know how you would feel about it. I would have to, like, have a a good example in my head. Like, Second Chance is like, well, why? what was wrong with the first place? So it's more like they were really good friends and then something happened and like they're not not friends, but they're not as close as they were. And then then something happens and they all have to come together. Yeah, and they have to reach enemies to lovers. (laughs) Yes, I know you love a good. I, I think enemies to lovers really only works in like dark romance and fantasy or like maybe sci fi because like. I'm sorry. In the contemporary romance, is he really your enemy or do you, are you just a petulant child and holding on to a grudge for no fucking reason? Um, I'm sorry. I feel like 
when Harry met Sally, he was very much the actual villain. She was not the petulant child. I'm saying it's a very rare occasion when that works. I love when Harry met Sally. I do too. It's a really fun, fun movie. Was that just a movie or was it based on a book? I honestly don't know. Oh, please. We're going to ask the Google machine. Nora Ephron? Yeah, that makes sense. She's a really popular romance novelist. Nora Ephron's script was released as a paperback book with an 11 page introduction written by Ephron detailing how the film came about. So it sounds like it was a screenplay adaptation to a book versus a book adapting to a screenplay. Yeah. Mm hmm. The, the novelization, as it were. That's a favorite of mine. Maybe we'll have to put that on the list. We should. Do we want to jump into this? We are going to just continue to go down rabbit holes because it's who we are as people. It's just, a, it's just another it's just another day, another conversation. This another is how day. our conversations go every day. It's a spaghetti bowl of thought. Uh-huh. Just right. noodles everywhere. Jumping in. Jumping in. So we are doing part two of Akamav, A Court of Mist and Fury. And so we left off with everybody. I have to correct myself. They were actually eating lunch, not, oh, not dinner. Okay. And that meeting at the House of Wind because we we leave. They all have a conversation about this war that's about to happen or they think is going to happen. They talk about needing to get more information. And so it is decided that Reese and Feyre are going to go to the prison. So there's this really scary mountain that under this mountain is a prison that they keep all the scariest shit ever. And Amran actually used to be in this prison for who the hell knows how long. Did they say why she was in the prison? Nope. Just mildly scary. Just a little bit. Yeah, and now she's the second hand to the most powerful high lord in all of Prithian. It's, you know, it is what it is. We're just going to kind of go with it. So that night, Reese flies Feyre back down to the townhouse. They kind of get changed because they're wearing kind of bougie clothes. And he actually takes her through Valaris again at night because she kind of goes him. She's like, you said this place was nice at night. He's like, yeah, come on, let's go. And they have dinner at Rita's. And so she's kind of like sitting back and watching more of the dynamics between the inner circle. This is the first time we see Amorin drink blood. Which is a little sketch. Does that mean she's a vampire? We honestly don't know. We don't have confirmation. No, I don't think she's a vampire. I legitimately don't. Why would she drink blood? Who the fuck knows? So the next day, Feyre and Reese have to essentially hike up. So the reason why Reese has to go with her is that like only certain people can get into the prison for like obvious security reasons. There's like some magic that like you have to be the high lord of the night court to be able to go into the prison. They are trying to hike up this big mountain. Farrah can't do it. She has like a major, major, major anxiety attack because she's just thinking about being closed in again because she's going to be under the mountain. And so Reese is like super calm about it. He's like, it's fine. We can start. We can try again tomorrow. Like he's being very like understanding, but like so they patient. need to get this done. They need, they really, really, really need to get this done. So the next morning, Amron just like pops into Feyre's bedroom and uh, gives Feyre this amulet. And she's like, I had this. This is what helped me get out of the prison initially. And it'll, it'll help you 
make sure it'll help make sure that you come back out, but you have to give it back to me when you're done. We'll talk about it later, I guess. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. This does give Feyre the courage to go ahead and go into the prison with Reese. I, I kind of liked the, the way that SJM described it about like Feyre had to hold her hand all the way down. And like the bone carver is like as deep as you possibly can get into this prison. He's like way down at the bottom and she can like feel the people in their cells but there's not like i didn't perceive this to being like there was like normal cell doors like the the grates but it was like mountainside and then you'd have to use like magic to get in that makes sense yeah makes sense yeah we get down to the bone carver reese has to give him a bone i don't remember what bone he gives him but like it's like not like a chicken bone it's like a quote good bone they get to ask him questions so the bone carver confirms that the king of highburn is in fact trying to reassemble the cauldron and he's trying to get the feet to make the cauldron sort of do his bidding and that he was able to bring durian back like durian was an eyeball and Nigerian's a person again. The way they explained it, I didn't really understand what was how it happened because he wasn't I don't even remember all the details. It was a weird it was a weird explanation. Yeah. So essentially Jorian was cursed with immortality, but in like the most uncomfortable form possible. So he's the eyeball on this ring of Amarantha, which we didn't really talk about in the first Akatar episode, but yes, that is she has Jurian, who was this general for the humans. He killed her sister and she had a whole revenge plot for him. Jurian's a complicated person. And so he was sort of cursed with semi-immortality. Cause I don't know now that he's if he's been made by the cauldron, is he immortal? Because he's not a fae. Or at least they don't describe him as a fae when we do eventually see him. I don't think he's immortal because I don't think he ever actually died. That's the thing. Yeah. He's like in, in a permanent suspensive state. Mm -hmm. So anyways, Jurian has had a super fun life. Just thrill him in it for him. But for the, for the King of Highburn to continue his quest to use the cauldron to eventually conquer Prithian and conquer every land, he needs the feet And he also needs this thing called the Book of Breathing. So the Book of Breathing is this old, old, old magical book. And it was torn in half centuries ago. And one half went to the mortal queens who live on the continent. And the other half is in the summer court. Why did it go to the summer court? The summer court was where a lot of the negotiations for this long ago war happened. And Mm. it it was sort of decided amongst everyone because the summer court's also like kind of in the middle along with the autumn court that it was a good spot. Okay. That makes sense. One other thing to note about the bone carver is that he is kind of like a Bogart and he can show himself as different people to different people. So even though Reese and Favor are standing there together, he appears to them as different. So Feyre sees him as a young child with bright violet eyes who 
Feyre thinks is baby Rhysand. And to Reese, he shows himself as Jurian. Why did he do that? Reese and Jurian have history together, which we eventually learn. Reese was there when Jurian and Amarantha had their big fight, their big duel, and watched Amarantha cut Jurian down. And I think it is... I think the bone carver's a little bit of a troll and likes to fuck with people. And he was just mm. there to fuck with Reese. Gotcha. So they leave the mountain. They leave the prison. And Reese is like, I need to test your ability to use your magic. Because Feyre really hasn't done much other than like throw up a shield and freak the fuck out a couple of times. And practice a little bit with her Daimati abilities with shielding her mind. And then like she accidentally slipped into Reese's mind once and she accidentally slipped into Lucian's mind. He comes up with this test to take her to go get this thing from this, quote, monster in the middle. And the monster's the weaver. As they're walking towards where she is going to have to go, like, perform this task, where she has to go steal something that she doesn't know what it is, because if he tells her, then it won't work. They're bantering back and forth and... Essentially, she's like, he's like, oh, Cassian has a crush on you. She's like, fine, tell him to come find my room tonight then. I mean, good for her. He gets a little butt hurt at that point. Yeah. As you should. A little fucking turd. Yeah. Reese is being a little bit of a, 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 that boy on the schoolyard who's pulling your pigtails. Mm -hmm. And Farrah's not having it. So she goes into, he's, he's like, I'm going to be nearby, but like, you have to go deal this. I can't get too close or it won't work. She goes to get something that used to belong to Reese. And initially she's doing a pretty good job. So it's like, this is how I imagined it. You know how in Hansel and Gretel, the witch's house is like made of candy and they're there for a little while before the witch noses. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I got from all of this. That was the same vibe I got. Like he started describing it and I was like, we're going to the Hansel and Gretel story now. Yeah, I was like, and we're going to make a little stop over here and maybe she's going to throw her in an oven. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see what happens. So she sneaks in and she's like, the, the weaver is blind and then there's all of this stuff, like all of these fabrics hung up on the wall. She's deducing that these are human beings that the weaver has like eaten and then woven their skin into things, which is like so gross. So gross. So gross. So gross. Um, So like literally so she like uses her magic because like calls to like and she finds this ring and she's like this is it. She takes the ring. She's almost out the door and the weaver sniffs her out and then like a little scurry happens and Feyre ends up like going up the chimney which what a choice yeah what a choice bings the weaver in the head with a like a loose brick from the chimney gets out runs across the the thatched roof which she realizes is like human fat yeah and Uh, hair run and runs away and then she meets back up with reese and she is Pissed. And his only thing is like, yeah, you got away, but like you could have used your magic. Yeah. I you mean, forgot you had magic, bitch. Fair point. Fair point. She's like, you had a lot of options. And in crisis, you forgot your most powerful tool, which is all of your goddamn magic. To be fair, this is still new to her. 
I'd forget too. Retraining the brain, you know, mm-hmm. retraining the brain. They get back to Valaris and she's like covered in crap, <laughs> like from going up the chimney and stuff. And they get back and she throws like they have this whole conversation about like, oh, well, were you even like about like the bullshit of the of the bone carver and the weaver? And then she's like kind of at the end of the conversation. She's like, why was this so important anyway? And kind of like drops the ring. He's like, you got it. He didn't realize it. That she got it? No, he doesn't initially realize that she got it. So A, she she got this this ring. And B, she gives Amarin back the amulet, what she said she was going to do. And Amarin's like, oh yeah, this is a random piece of jewelry respot for me like a long time ago. Little placebo effect. Oh yeah. That was to me when when they did that, and in my head of like, oh, well, Amarin just pulled the mom trick. Or a parent trick and was very much like, here, you can put these sunglasses on and nobody can see you. Or, you know, something that just kind of gives them that like little extra security that you're right there with them and like, I can do it. And they do. And then when they're an adult, they'll look back like that was just a piece of rock. (laughs) (laughs) So absolutely. My mom had to get me like a, I don't remember what they were called, but this like little water toy because both my siblings convinced me that I was going to get sucked down the drain. So I refused to bathe when I was like three, four, five years old. It was like a struggle. That's so cute. (laughs) So my mom got me this like toy that you like this like stuffed toy you could get wet so that she and being like, if it can't go down the drain, you cannot go down the drain. That's adorable. <laughs> that. Also, shout out to my siblings convincing gullible little me that I would go down the drain. Thanks for the childhood trauma. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, like to this day, if I'm in the shower, like if I'm in my bathroom and it's the lights are out and I'm walking by the shower. I have to, if the shower curtain isn't open, I'm going to rip it open because I need to make sure that there's not a murderer behind there. We all got our things. It's good. We all have our things. Everybody's kind of stoked that Feyre was able to get the ring, you know, a kind of a good asset to the inner circle. But now that they have this information from the bone carver, they know that they're going to have to work with the, the mortal queens. And they're a little bit um, difficult to have conversations with. They're not super inclined to partner up with the Fae. They're pretty resistant and yeah. are likely not going to want to help because we also get this piece of information from Moore because Moore was there when this initial breaking of this book happened. This was a really long time ago. And she's like, they can't just give it to us. We have to like, they ha- we can't go in and take it. They have to give it to us willingly. Yeah. So they have to do all of this convincing. Who do they turn to? But Pharaoh's sisters. They need like a base of operations in the human lands. But we have to remember, we as the readers know more than Pharaoh's own family does at this mm-hmm. point. They don't know what happened under the mountain. They don't know that Pharaoh technically died and then was brought back and is now a high fae. So this is not going to be the most comfortable visit known to man. No. So they 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 go in, they fly through the through the wall. They go to her house and it's tense. Yeah. To say the least. So Nesta opens the door. 
And she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? I thought you were <laughs> never coming back. I thought this wasn't going to be a thing anymore. And so they get all of the servants to leave. Papa Archeron is off on the continent making his merchant deals. They ask for their help. Like, hey, we need to talk to these human queens. Can we use the Archeron Manor as a place to meet with them? Nesta's not super into this idea, but Elaine kind of is more on board with helping. We learned that Elaine is in a little bit of a relationship with a local highborn son. His name is Grayson. Nesta is Nesta. And there's definitely some... Less um, she's not happy about pretty much anything in this situation. But then we also have her and Cassian rubbing up against each other from an emotional sense, not a literal sense. <laughs> and... Cassian and Reese and I because as is also there as and more are also there I really liked so they spend the night there but like everybody has to like share rooms and Reese is like or I think it was Cassian who was like I don't understand how an older sister could allow their 11 year old kid sister to go into the woods alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really fair point. And we do eventually get more of an explanation out of Nesta of why the sequence of events occurred the way that they did. But I think it's a really interesting just take on everything. So while they're there hanging out in the human lands, Feyre and Reese go out into the woods to practice her magic a little bit. Feyre's a little like Reese and staying a little bit back. Feyre's practicing, but then she gets attacked by the motherfucking adder. The adder's not dead, A, which I definitely thought he would have been dead at the end of Akatar, but he's mm-hmm. not. He's here and he attacks her, but it lasts for 3.5 seconds because Reese is there. Yeah. And gets no him. Yeah. And then as pops up and as winnows him away to go torture him for information. Yep. We do learn through, you know, minimal conversation with the Adder that the King of Highburn is definitely on the mood and he's looking to invade Prithian and he's put out a like essentially like an assassin. He's put a price on Feyre's head. So there's people trying to kill her. I guess the poor girl can't catch a break. This is the point when Feyre turns to Cassie and is like, train me to fight and how to use, like train me to fight while Reese teaches me how to use my powers better. And Cass is like, okay. Deal. I got you. To me, this was the point in the story where she's been able to be honest with her sisters, at least because her father's not there about a little bit of what happened to her. And she can take that first step in healing because she's finally reconnecting with her actual family. She's getting supported. And when she turns to these to the inner circle and it says, train me to defend myself, train me to fight, train me to 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 not be a liability. Their answers are like, "Okay." Yeah. They don't they're, fight they're her on, on these choices. Yeah. So I, I I think that that was important. So then we're back at, we go back to Valaris and it's decided that Reese, Farah, and Amarin are all going to go to the summer court and they get like officially invited by the High Lord there, Tarquin. As and Cassian and more are going to stay back. As Cassian a little bit, because apparently the last time he was in the summer court, he destroyed a building. Mm-hmm. Cass is that I want to know what happened. I don't think we ever find out, but I just want to know what he did. It's like in the very first Avengers movie and it's Hawkeye and Black Widow. And they're like, this reminds me of Budapest. And you're like, what the fuck happened in Budapest? Exactly. 
Exactly. It's that moment. Pharaoh, Rhysand, and Amran travel to the summer court, and we get to meet Tarquin, the High Lord, Princess Cressida, and Varian, who's another highborn high fae. I did like this quote. Pharaoh and Rhysand's kind of been dancing around each other. They have this, like, friendship with banter, and she still gets really annoyed with him. He's a little bit arrogant sometimes, but, like, it's a little bit funny. And they've been tasked with trying to find and then steal this half, the half of the Book of Breathing that the Summer Court has. They're not going to ask Tarquin to just help them. I think that that was a bad choice, by race to not just like be honest because you gotta think Tarquin's only high lord because his fault like Reese killed his dad. Yeah. Per, f- forcefully by Amarantha. But like, he's not going to be on board with anything to do with Highburn. No, I I think they misjudged him. I mean, I get why, but I think they misjudged him. I would hope that the inner circle and Reese and Pharaoh learned a good lesson from from their interactions here. So Feyre sort of asks like, oh, well, if I take him to bed, is that okay with you? And he's like, well, it's your choice. But you can tell that he's not like super on board with it. And he's like, no. (laughs) Yeah. But then like Feyre thinks that Reese is flirting with Cressida and she gets a little jelly gel too even though she's not willing to admit it like and they have this moment in her bedroom and I I think everyone in the fandom loves this line so I don't think I'm unique here but they have this toast where they say to the people who look up to at the stars and wish Reese Reese clicked his glass against mine to the stars who listen and the dreams that are answered I know it's it's a sweet little toast that they make. And I think it's them slowly becoming more comfortable with each other about how they feel that it's there's at least friendship there. Yeah, it's still a little like gooey for me. (laughs) But yeah, they're they're a sappy couple. They're a sappy pair. So Amrin and and Feyre try, like, through some touring of the summer court and things like that, Feyre figures out that there's this old temple off this bridge away from, like, where the main, like, manor castle thing is and kind of correctly deduces that that's where the Book of Breathing half is. And so they go in to go get it and it does not go well. They get in and then the door slam shuts behind them. They get the book. The book is, like, partially sentient. It, like, talks to them, like, and gives them vibes. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's, like, a weird... Yeah, it's a little weird. And so they get the book, and they try to get out, but then it starts flooding. Like, this underground, underwater room starts flooding, and they quite literally barely make it out. And when they get, like, the climb out of, like, the... I'm thinking... Of like a manhole in the ground is kind of like what they eventually pop out of. Once Feyre and Amran are both out, they just start laughing hysterically. (laughs) And Reese is just like, you need to knock this shit off. You almost died. 
be serious. He's, he's no, no patience for this. Rain it but the good news is they did get it. They go back to, to the night court, to Valaris. And unfortunately, they weren't very subtle about stealing everything. And they go home and they awaiting for them are three blood rubies, which are probably which are pretty much just, just promises from the, the summer court that they're going to kill them. Yeah. It's like, hey, we know what you did. We're going to kill you. You are going to get retribution for what you just yeah. did to us. Big mistake. Huge. Amrin is just like instantly like, yay, I have a new ruby. <laughs> Fair is very concerned, and Reese is like, "We're immortal. It'll they'll get to it eventually. It's gonna be fine. We'll figure it out." Also, just like a side note here, Amron and Varian start hooking up while they're in the summer court. Yeah, but that doesn't end. Yeah, they start hooking up there. I know. Amron starts trying to read the half of the book that they have, and it's a language that she knows but it's been a really like thousands and thousands and thousands of years since she's seen it so it's going to take her a while to translate it she also only has the other half we finally hear back from the the mortal queens and they have agreed to meet with the inner circle at Casa Archeron. Everybody goes back and I'm sure Nesta and Elaine were like super stoked about having a bunch of fae and then the literal queens of their lands showing up. Sounds like a great time. Especially when because of the nature of this conversation, they have to say bye bye to all of their like employees, all of their like housekeepers and attendants and things like that. They have to take care of everything yes, themselves. But also, can we talk about real quick? And I don't know. If, I can't remember if we talked about this a minute ago or not. But like Grayson is also like uber anti fay He is. So his family like lives essentially in like an iron fort an iron keep her engagement ring is made out of iron because the humans think that iron has some kind of effect on fake it doesn't ashwood is more of a problem but yeah so grayson and his dad are like super anti-fae so they're also trying to make sure that they don't find out that her sister has unintentionally against her like Feyre didn't ask to get turned into a high fae. And now she's she has no choice. She's that's who that's what she is now. So she has to hang out with them. Yeah, so, I don't think that matters to them. No. So the queens show up. They're interesting. They can also winnow, which I was really surprised about. The queens all winnow in. It's a, they have a little bit of magic and they use it to uh, have dramatic entrances. Yeah. And so the, the queens are um, gigantic twats. Just just difficult. They refuse to even allow them to see that the book exists and they have it. But then Morgan shares because Morgan was there when this all initially happened. She knew one of the 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 queens, like one of her like the queens at the time. So like one of these people is her descendant. And she shares in the with them that if higher Hybern breaks the wall, that he's going to invade their lands, too. And then he's not going to give a shit what they have to say. He's just going to fucking come take the book. And then she talks about having this power of truth, which to this point has never been explained. I mean, I don't feel like they explain it at all. Is it just so that like when she says things that like people know she's telling the truth? We don't know. 
Like I it have doesn't, no idea. it doesn't make sense. We have no idea. So the, the Queens have a condition because they've obviously heard of Reese and he doesn't have the best reputation because he's morally gray at best. They need proof that Reese isn't a monster. Yeah. And in during this conversation, too, we learn about Miriam and Dracom. So Miriam was a human who fell in love with Dracon. He is a fae, but he's a little bit different of a fae. He has feather wings instead of bat wings. That's kind of part of where like Jurian was in love with Miriam, but then she left to go to Dracon. And that's part of where the conflict with Jurian originated from. So Reese makes the decision to show the Queens Valaris, uh, but he's not going to take them there because he doesn't want to compromise the security of the city. But he needs this Veritas orb in order to show them. And that means they have to go borrow it a little bit illegally, five finger discount it from Moore's dad. Five finger discount it. Moore's dad. <laughs> Moore. Tell me I'm wrong. No, I know you're not wrong. It was just funny. So they, they come up with this like overly elaborate plan to do this surprise visit to the Hewn City. So when people think about the Night Court, Hewn City is what they actually are envisioning. That is what under the mountain was modeled after. And that is where people get the negative impressions Mm -hmm. from it. Hewn City, the wrong side of the tracks in like the worst way possible. So they all have roles to play. So Aaron's going to go in there and just be scary. You know, Cassian and Asriel are going to go in full leathers with all of their siphons on. And Moore is going to go and be dressed in red to piss off her dad. All of this is meant to be like a little bit of a distraction while I don't remember if it's Moore or Amron who actually goes and takes the orb. Feyre's role is to essentially act like a groupie for Reese. And he is a little bit uncomfortable casting her in this role. And he's like, you don't have to do this, but this is the role you would need to play. And she's like, no, nah, I'm on board. Yeah, she's, she's good like, now. Okay she's it. like, she's in it. Yeah, she's in on the plot. She's like, I'm I'm down for the, the shit that's going on with this crew. So they get down. They make their like surprise entrance. Reese is essentially there as well as Feyre, as the distraction while the other members of the inner circle run around and do what they need to do to get to the orb. So during this time, things get spicy. Spicy. (laughs) Reese is sitting on this throne. This is also the first time we see Moore's dad, and Moore's dad is kind of a dick, but nah. His name is Kier. Kier, yeah. Feyre is responsible for sitting on Reese's lap and looking hot. What a rough job for her. But they're like, I don't know if it's like full on dry humping, but they're like groping each other on this chair. Like he's like digging his fingers into her thighs and like into her waist. And like she's getting into it. And Reese says something that I think is really important. He's like, this is just your body reacting. And I think about that because I'm like, was that the mantra he would say when Amarantha would assault him? Probably. Probably. And it makes me a little bit sad thinking about the shit that happened to him. No, that is sad. I didn't think about it like that. So nothing entirely spicy happens. It's just a lot of early stage foreplay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very early stage foreplay. 
They do get the orb with like relative ease mm-hmm. and then they're leaving and Reese is flying with Feyre and they get attacked by like some unknown arrows and they're ash arrows which is like sketch sketch because mm-hmm. ash is like actually pretty bad um nobody gets hurt though but it's like duh fuck yeah they didn't see it coming the fuck reese thinks that somebody is tracking his magic in order to get to Feyre, knowing that those two are typically together and so they end up going to this illyrian camp and they are trying to, they make a decision for him to not use his magic because he thinks that that is what they are tracking it's fun and then this is when we really learn more about the history between Reese and Tamlin's family and it's not good yeah it's not good so Reese and Tamlin are actually friends they both train to be warriors kind of together obviously Reese trained with the Illyrians but like he also trained and was in the war with Tamlin. So they were actually friends mm-hmm. at one point. But Tamlin discloses where Reese's mother and sister are. And Reese was going to go visit them. And Tamlin's father and brothers go and kill Reese's mom and sister. I don't know if we ever got like an actual reason why. I, it was real it was a it was a little confusing. Like there was very like, well, this happened then, and this happened then, and this happens. Like I, I need to go back and like reread it a little bit mm-hmm. more in detail. I think I feel like he was almost not tricked, but kind of like manipulated into giving the information. If I remember it correctly, yeah, that's definitely how I read it as well. That Tamlin didn't like do it super maliciously but like he divulged this piece of information Mm -hmm. that ultimately led to the death of Reese's mom and sister so in retribution Reese's dad and Reese go and killed Tamlin's father and brothers and Reese actually helped save Tamlin from a similar fate Mm -hmm. and Reese talks about him believing that his mom and his sister's wings were somewhere in the Spring Court Manor. Yeah, I think he said he'd like heard that they had been like mounted on a wall in somebody's office. And Fear was like, Well, I was there. I didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while Farah and Reese and I think Cassian was there too. Cassian and Az are kind of out in the forest doing some training. Lucian and some other people show up. And he's like, I've been looking for you. I'm here to take you back. Are you okay? And Feyre's like, no. What the fuck? You, why the fuck are you here? Yeah. She's like, I'm not going back. And he's like, are they manipulating you? Are you under some kind of spell? Like, I think Lucian really yeah, he was, was really coming confused. from a good place. Yeah. yeah. And Feyre then takes that to show off that she has super cool uh, magical powers and gives herself a pair of wings. I mean, I assumed she would have that power just because, like, she got something from everybody. I don't know why I was surprised that they were wings that came out first. And I think it's important to also note that she modeled her wings off of Asriel's. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, she models her wings off of Az's. And she straight up tells them that, nope, she's not going back. And by transforming herself into this Illyrian warrior, she scares everybody away. 
everybody runs away and they're like, fuck this shit. And and this is I don't remember if it's here or if it was when they were in the summer court. Favor asks Reese, do you think Tamlin will ever like stop? And he's like, I think he loves you too much to stop, which is concerning. It's very concerning. After the confrontation with Lucian, they need a place to stay. Cassie and Naz were not there. Never. So excuse my earlier misremembering. Feyre and Reese find this inn and they take up the last room, but there's only one bed. Oh, man. <laughs> so to keep warm because he can't use his magic, they just have to cuddle. Whoa. <laughs> oh, no. Not cuddling. Spicy and Seuss. Uh-huh. Yeah, little spicy. Reese is literally like, well, I can't bed you here how I would want you, how I would want to. They don't like full on have sex, but she gets her what she gets herself a little something something. She gets, <laughs> she gets off. Thanks to him. Some good fingers moment. <laughs> so they're they're in they're having a good time in this in this in this inn. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. They they then go to keep keep training the next day. And like you can you can tell they're like, she's like, ooh, I might want some more of this. Oh, she and likes he's it. like, he he's contemplative. Like you can tell that there's something on his mind at this point. Mm-hmm. They're traveling and they're flying back from training, and he gets hit by an ash arrow and gets captured. And Fair is able to like he like helps her get her into a tree before he gets captured. And she's like, oh, fuck no. Yeah. So she tracks him down and these people have him in a cave. She figures out that these are captors from Hybern and she murder fucks all of them. <laughs> You might need to explain what murder fuck is because that doesn't sound what like I think you intended it to sound. It's not like she like put poison in her vagina. It's not that. <laughs> she kills them all through yeah. her her ability to fight thanks to Cassian and her magic. She kills all of the hybrid captors, but Reese is not okay. The ash arrow was also poisoned. And so she's able to get the ash arrow out, but he's not able to heal the way that he would normally have healed. And so she's desperate. She's like, he's going to die and this is not going to be good. And so she turns to her one and only friend in the whole wide world, the The surreal. I love the surreal. I do too. I'm not going to lie. Like, hashtag the surreal deserved better because it's Feyre and she and the surreal are besties. Without too much fucking effort, she is able to capture the surreal. Yeah. And she's ta- she captures the surreal. She's like, how do I fix him? And she's like, oh, so... One of the pieces of magic you got from from one of the High Lords was a healing magic. So he just needs to, like, drink a little bit of your blood. It's a little weird. He'll be fine. Oh, P.S. He's your mate. I mean, everybody knew that except for her. I I definitely knew something was up between the two of them. Oh, I figured it out. Like, I knew I knew that I knew it. I just knew it. This is not how Feyre apparently wanted to learn this information, though, because she goes back and so she like gives her blood to to Reese. And I think she had to like get some fucking flower or something, too. I don't fucking remember. Yeah. And she starts healing Reese 
And he wakes up and she's like, you are not allowed to ask any questions. You are only allowed to answer them. How long did you know we were mates? And he's just like, how do you know we're mates? She's like, incorrect. No asking questions, only answering. And he's literally just like, a while. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, will I get in more trouble if I tell the truth? (laughs) Or if I lie? Yeah, he's he's the definition of backed up against a wall here. There's no winning this conversation. So she heals him up enough because she's also at some point like kind of figured out how to winnow. So she gets him healed up enough so that she can get them back to the Illyrian camp. Literally like dumps him on the ground, walks straight up to Moore and is like, Moore, take me the fuck away from here. Yeah. So Moore does. She whisks her away to a cabin. I don't understand and that why she was is so angry. the end of the House of Wind. Poor shit. I don't understand why she was so angry. I really don't. I don't I think it's it's based in like like you knew something about us that affects me and you just didn't tell me because Reese is trying to explain. He's like, oh, I was you're not going to believe me, but I definitely was planning to tell you like right now, like today. But he was, though. And that's the thing that I'm like irritated about is like you're mad because you want to you want to run before you can walk and like you want to know everything, but you you're not quite there yet and he he's trying to give her time to like process everything instead of just you know literal headshot after headshot after headshot so it's like well maybe let's just take it a little bit at a time right now like let's not add on that oh by the way you're cemented to me for life in some way or another if you choose to be because you don't have to pick like you don't have to accept the mating bond but like at the same time like, when would have been a good time exactly. to tell her? Exactly. You know, this is there's a scene that wasn't included in here. And I'm not sure why. Maybe because I just totally spaced on it when I originally wrote the outline. We never talked about Starfall. So let's pause and talk about Starfall. So before they go out to train with the Illyrian camps, there is this like fancy little party that they all have to go to. And they uh, is a little mad at Reese because they got into this stupid little argument. But she's wearing this pretty dress that he got for her. And she learns that this is just like a fun party for everyone. And at night on this one night of the year, all of these like glowing orbs shoot through the sky like shooting stars. It's just a really sweet moment between the two of them. I just don't want you to forget about that scene. Why? Reasons. You want to know what I thought about in that scene? Hmm. Like I was trying to envision the dress because she. this was mm-hmm. the one where she was wearing like basically like diamonds, right? Yeah, she's wearing like starlight. Like it's yeah. very sparkly. Yeah. So I was envisioning like that Britney Spears bodysuit bodysuit but not a bodysuit but like like that like very fitted all the way down to the waist and then like you know something like that but that's what I was picturing I don't I'm gonna be really honest very rarely do I picture clothes same this was unique authors can give me the most detailed description of their clothing 95% of the time I'm like I don't really care what they're wearing (laughs) I just keep going that's fair that's fair I just don't really care so yeah that is part two of Akamath it was I feel like this is where like the meatiness of Akamath came into play like this is where the plot picked up yeah for sure I would agree 
because we have Hybern as a big bad. We have Feyre going on that hero's journey, learning how to use her powers and to fight, as well as building these relationships with the inner circle. Mm-hmm. It's great. I did miss Lucian, though. I love Lucian. Good character. So, yeah, that is that's the part two. And it ends on what a crazy poor sh- like p- point that it ends on. I can't wait for part three. I know. Part three starts out on a high note. Yes, it does. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. All right. So we're not going to go too crazy on the, the post episode chats. Because no. we're just going to we're going to just leave you here so we can see you again or chat with you again uh, for Part three, where we get to get to the, the exciting climax of this book. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you are interested in seeing what is coming up next on Mel and Jill Geek Out, make sure to go follow us over at Instagram at Mel and Jill Geek Out. Or if you have a suggestion of what we should geek out about next, go ahead and shoot us an email over at Jill and Mel Geek Out at gmail.com. All right. Well, again, my name is Mel. My name is Jill. And thanks for geeking out with us today. See you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.